All right, whenever you're ready, we are rolling. Hello, this is Johanna DiBiase. And this is Eric Mack. And this is our uncertain future. I'm sticking with that. Is that it? I feel like there was uh, a few more bars in the original Yeah, version. I shortened it because I'm slightly in a food coma right now. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we are off the grid and off the cuff. 30 minutes without any dead air, unedited, talking. This particular episode is about um, one of the more recent uh, newsletters about the mudroom. Yeah, and so this is, um, interestingly, I built the mudroom uh, and you wrote about it. Mm-hmm. So what uh, what inspired you to, to write about my exploits or about the mudroom? It wasn't really about me, but... Yes, it it is about you, so you're welcome to add information to it but I wrote about the mudroom because I had been wanting to for quite a while while you were building it but I was waiting for for it to be complete so that I would have like pictures of the whole process of the mudroom but truly it was complete in all for all practical purposes on Christmas day because that was the day you kind of gifted it to me I felt like it was a gift to me because the interior was completed which was really smart of you and um, we spent all of Christmas day if you recall moving our front room our old front room into the new front room the new mud room um, and then kind of rearranging furniture and opening up the space and we created a little reading nook and a little office area and then that made more room in the bedroom and it was just like a really nice i mean maybe we should uh back up a little bit first and say like why was it so important why was a mudroom such a good gift for christmas why was it so important to have one well mud was a major issue for us living out here it was one of those unexpected um issues like we expected we would you know have days where we had didn't have enough electricity or days where we didn't have enough water or those kind of things but we didn't really expect to have mud issues because the roads seemed pretty good when we bought the place but it hadn't been utilized year-round the way we had utilized it so basically we have mud season we have this caliche soil uh, out here on the mesa that just does not absorb any water and so it really takes some sun baking which we have to dry the water out so if you have a big snowfall and then it's cloudy or it's just really big and it takes days to melt it gets really muddy and your truck did pretty good on it the Subaru always made it but there was always a slight fear it wouldn't there was always a moment like halfway down the driveway when it seemed like it was just about to get stuck and flora and i would have to start cheering it on and i would start cussing and and yelling and like as if that was gonna give it more power and it did it powered the Subaru down the driveway. It sounds like some real um, emotional mixed messages you're giving the the car if you're if you're cussing at it and cheering it on. It's, it's a little abusive. No, my cussing was cheering. I'm not okay. going to say it here, but 
Um, there was cussing in the cheering. It was Irish encouragement. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. If you say so, you're the Irish one. And the I would either have to leave in the morning when it was still frozen and I could get over the frozen mud and then in the afternoon park the car at the end of the driveway and we would keep mud boots in the car. We would keep like big rubber boots in the car so that we could then walk through the sage around the driveway back to the house, which was still super muddy. And you would, it'd be like trying to pull boots out of the mud. Um, and it's not a very long stretch either. I mean, there's a, a maintained county road at the end of our driveway. So, I mean, the stre- where it's only a couple hundred yards, I think, right? Yes. Right. It's not a lot, but it's either the anxiety of not knowing if you'll make it down or having to trudge through the mud and then walk back and like carrying your books for school, making sure you always have mud boots with you. You can't walk through it in like sneakers. So anyway, it was pretty. And then also on top of that, then you have these huge muddy boots and the our house has like a room in the front that we just call the front room. It's not a very practical room. It's kind of like a hallway, like a wide, short hallway. And that's where we kept all our shoes and coats and everything. And so we were constantly tracking in mud. And then because it's this hallway room that leads to the other rooms, there was just always mud in the house. And this really is truly a dirt life out here like it's dirty we live kind of in a dirty place like there's always dust blowing there's constantly dust on top of everything there's no getting away from that but it was like on top of that then there was like all these like um what's it called like balls clods of mud all over the place dried out mud wet mud like no i couldn't mop the floor enough and i don't like mopping and it was like an immediate, once we had the mud room, it was like this immediate improvement. All the mud just, and do you remember the first few months we had it, I refused to sweep in there. I wanted the mud to accumulate. I think it was more than just the first few months. It was a while. I was like, I'm going to let the mud accumulate in ongoing. here. No, I did. I did refusal. eventually sweep okay. it. I swept it once or twice. But I was like, I'm going to let the mud accumulate in here just to show me how much mud is not getting in the house like this is how effective my look how muddy my mud room is that's how effective this mud room is it's beautiful (laughs) i love it so much and it's and it's just so nice to have all that stuff in the front room in that one room and have this open the house be kind of separate and it just goes to show how the smallest little thing could bring so much joy into your life like when you live minimally when you live simply it just sometimes it just doesn't take that much it could be like a just yeah a new pillow or a new set of sheets or a um i don't know what's another house improvement we've had like that just feels like a big difference a new drying rack a new mug. I don't know. Just little things that feel like huge. They feel so big and special. I mean, to to be fair, it was a bit more of a project than a new drying rack. I mean, you're, you're calling it a little thing, but it was like a, a project yeah. that I worked slowly on for. I think it. I think it was about six months from the point I started like uh, moving stuff around and like digging the space for the foundation. To that was that was July, and then like you said, it was finished in July. 
on yeah Christmas. So it was like six the months. Interior to get was the interior finished. finished. We had to wait for things to thaw out to put the stucco on the outside. Yeah. yeah. And then it's we don't have photos of it, but this past week you put on you painted the blue trim and put up the gutters. And that's another great thing about it is we have more roof space, so more water Mm -hmm. if it ever rains here ever again, hopefully. So what took you so long to build the mudroom? Uh, my my stubborn insistence, I think, on on doing it all myself. And this this time, uh, you and Flora helped hold a couple of things. Flora spent uh, half a day painting the outside and like a few hours uh, helping smooth the the concrete foundation. But other than that, this was a, completely a one man um, job, which which is interesting when you're like doing everything, including like putting on on a roof. Uh, that's an interesting thing to do by yourself. Yeah, it's really impressive. I did try to help you, but I think within 15 minutes we started getting in a fight. Um. So yeah, let's yeah let's <laughs> go with that. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember? I'd be like, why do you have to keep getting up and down the ladder to get that hammer? Why don't you just keep the hammer on the ladder? And then you'd be like, why are you telling me how to do the hammer thing? And I'd be like, I can't do this. <laughs> too much. <laughs> because we work differently. Well, what do you think? Why are you making phases? I feel like we just work differently. Yeah, I and think so- you had other things you wanted to be doing, but maybe a little of both. Um, no, it was like, can you stand here and hold this thing? And then I'd be like, why do you need me to stand here and hold this thing? Can't you just put a chair here? Like... Give me a job that's actually effective where I feel like I'm actually doing something. Like, don't give me the stand here and hold thing job, which is the jobs you would give me. So I guess I'm not that helpful. And then also I'd feel like, oh, it's not, this is so inefficient. There's got to be a better way to do this. It's a, it's some, some jobs are stand here and hold this jobs. I guess I'm not good at those jobs. <laughs> <laughs> but I also feel like it's a systems thing. Like I'm just going to do things in different ways than you. And then if I say something and then you get annoyed that I said something and then I get annoyed because I have to stand there and watch you be so inefficient. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. I'm sure of it. But we don't fight very often. So once in a while, things like that, little silly, stupid things like, lack of communication or your total and complete inefficiency or mm-hmm. how perfect I am could be really annoying for you I think it's hard to live with someone as perfect as I am I mean your magical ability to be able to discern the most efficient way to do things <laughs> even when you're not aware of how those things are, are should be done yeah. it's quite impressive yeah it's like this genius engineering mind that I have yeah, but... yeah. let's go with that yeah um, let's go with that but that's um, that's not what that's not what what you wrote about um, so what why was it important to write about uh, this project that uh, you held things for for 15 minutes Say it again? Oh, why was it important for me to write about... That's not what inspired you to write the blog post about it, to write the newsletter about it. About? The mudroom. What inspired me? Or I wasn't inspired by myself not helping you? What? <laughs> I'm so confused. You are not inspired to write the newsletter about the mudroom because of the uh, I didn't time build you the dedicated mudroom. to not no, holding things. I did not build the mudroom. I made that very clear. I did not I help at all. So why'd you write about it? 
Um, I wrote about it because, I don't know, it's part of, you know, what we're doing out here. One of the things I did bring awareness to in the newsletter was talking about um, doing things slowly. How do you take your time and do things slowly? I think that we live in a society that puts a lot of emphasis on getting things done quickly, um, which is just kind of ironic I'm saying this since I was just talking about efficiency being important to me, so that might be something to work on there. Um, but the idea that we don't need to do everything quickly, things can be done slowly in our own time, at our own pace, Eric. And, you could, and I don't feel like I ever was like, you need to get it done. I was always like, all right, well, when it gets done, it gets done. I'm not helping and because I'm not helping, I have absolutely no say in when this gets done, right? I'm not doing it. You are. I'm not in a hurry to get it done. We had one pretty big fight over whether or not that was true, if I recall. Yeah, and I won because it was not <laughs> true. <laughs> I did. I mean, maybe in the beginning I would say something that I feel like maybe you were a little sensitive about how long it was taking. But I feel like after a couple months, it was pretty obvious it was going to go slow. Anyway, these people love hearing these insights about our relationship and all of the stupid things we're arguing about. So what? Uh, okay, so you were, you decided to write about it because it was it's there was something about um, you know doing things on your own time frame. Is that what you're saying? And within your means as well. And sometimes that, sometimes those means uh, determine how fast you can do it. Or in, in my case, uh, in particular, these skills determine how fast mm-hmm. it can be done. Yeah, I mean, you. why didn't you just hire someone to do it? Well, first of all, why didn't you ask for help? This is a little joke in our house, I always say. This is my, my house joke. Hey, Eric, do you need help? Because I could call someone to help you. Hilarious. That's our ongoing and I, house joke. I'm accused joke. of dad jokes. Hilarious. Um the the honest truth is so the like i i want to do all these things myself to gain some skills that i didn't really have the time to you know some basic building school skills that i never got uh, when i was younger so like i i actually want to go through all these steps to to learn um and to gain some skills uh and because it's kind of fun like especially when most of my work is on a laptop. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good, it's a good reason to have a break from sitting at a laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but probably the the biggest reason, if I'm totally honest, is I want to be able to do it completely on my own schedule. So, like specifically, like if I have been sitting in a laptop writing for for four hours. And like I, I need a break. I want to go do something more physical. Then I want to be able to, like that's when I'm going to go work on this little construction project. Um, but and and those aren't necessarily things that I can like plan ahead. You can to some extent, but like typically I want to be able to do it when I feel like doing it. Is is the honest answer? Mm-hmm. So like to hire somebody then you're suddenly doing it on their schedule and I'm planning my life and my work and everything else around their schedule. And I kind of have a hang up about being like as independent as possible and unscheduled and unscheduled as, as possible. Like there were a few things where we did hire 
um, some help um, mm-hmm. to build our outhouse and our shed and some help on the sh- on the fencing and the road and the ro- yeah well the road the, the dealing with the mud and I, I guess that's also worth mentioning is yeah like, that's what completed our mud journey was the mud room and the road getting the road fixed we too. got the road fixed but not after not until we got that that is the most expensive single purchase except for the house itself yes um, investment was the yeah fix fixing the road was several thousand dollars uh most and mostly because we had to get 110 tons of of pit run rock dumped on the road and um but that was only after i spent um almost a year trying to actually fix the road by hand myself i'm glad you brought that up because (laughs) the entire time you were out there with that tool what's that favorite tool that you love it was just a, a, a spade on a hammer drill yeah your hammer drill um i was kept saying to you why are you spending time on that it's not gonna work and i wasn't trying to be a naysayer but it was like you keep dig i keep finding you out there just digging away and it's obviously not helping it's not gonna work and you would not give up you kept at it and i kept telling you it's not gonna work this is an example of where I'm right again. See, there's so at multiple point, examples. Neighbor, at one point, our neighbor, who who we don't have a lot of uh, much of a relationship with, but at one point he did make he did take the time to to come out while I was working on that and be like, "Dude, I, I swear you're probably making it worse." <laughs> <laughs> so you, what made you finally realize that you had you're gonna have to pay for it? Uh, I think it might have been when your friend in the Prius got stuck on like a very, and that was not even a muddy day, and yeah. it wasn't even the like muddy parts or like the ruts. It was yeah. just a wet day, and the Prius wouldn't move. That thing is a tin can. It's like <laughs> got no, it's got no, nothing. It's not rugged. They're not rugged mm. cars. Let's just say otherwise, they're very cool. But the hilarious thing, speaking about our neighbor, was after we fixed the road. First of all, after we fixed the road, I kind of felt better about our dog pooping in his yard all the time. (laughs) Because I was like, look, we gave you a road. I'm sorry, my dog, like, like. All the neighborhood dogs, I feel like poop in front of It's, it's not a yard. It's like a patch of dirt in yeah, front of his yard. Th- that people might be picturing a yard. It's more like the road in front of his house, which isn't yeah. even a road. It's just like dirt. It's just the area by his house has poop around it. For this is your reason. suburban programming showing through. What do you mean? Well, right. I'm trying to explain how it's not suburban. Right. Right. When you say poop in the yard, I see people are thinking of like a nice green lawn or something. But this is like some old fence and, it's some, not like somebody, and a patch of dirt. It's not like a dog and it's pooping not a on yard. the sidewalk in front of the yard. Yeah. It's and like it was like all the neighborhood dogs were pooping the there too. Anyway. So I felt a little better about that because we put in a new road for him to use because it's basically he's the only person on the road with us and we basically improved upon a public road right it's not publicly maintained it's an easement but it would be an easement for the entire road but because only two people live on it entire community well the entire people who live on the easement anyway there's just two of us so immediately people started using this new improved road which honestly i think used to be the worst road on the mesa like during muddy season i would drive around 
and look at like who had deeper ruts and we had definitely some of the deepest ruts other people have rock issues we don't have big rock issues that's fortunate but anyway so he people started driving down our road but because his half of the road wasn't graveled it was it was a lot better than our half because it's like higher up so it didn't get ruts in it um he didn't want people driving through because they were going to start impinging on the quality of his side of the of the easement his half of the easement so he put up a barrier which i thought was hilarious it was it was very it was very mad max it was a series of barrels and then two by fours with with janky nails hammered through yeah and there's a photo of it in the um in the newsletter but I thought that was so funny. He was like, no, nobody's driving down here. He took, he's since taken it down, but I wonder if he'll put it back up for mud season. We'll see. Um, anyway, the, how are we doing for time? There was something else I was going to ask you. How are we uh, doing we're for good, time? We're good. How much time do we, we have to hit our 30 minute mark? Because we're totally going very free, efficient. We're freestyle very efficient. here. Yeah. We're, okay. So the road, we gave in and got the road fixed. We did hire somebody for that. But all the money we saved on building the mudroom on labor for the mudroom went to the road because we didn't have to pay anyone for labor on the mudroom. We just paid for supplies, which um, they're not cheap these days to buy right. um, building supplies. But... We use, um, we just, our floors are just concrete floors because the rest of the house was concrete floors. So we just went with the concrete floors. We use. Which uh, were also uh, mixed, <laughs> mixed by hand by me. Mm-hmm, because alone. it was so small. Um, I do, we did try to find ways to get somebody to come out here with a cement mixer or with a big, and it was just too small of a job to get somebody to yeah. to travel out here. Um, and you kind of followed the way that um, the guy who built our house did it, you, just sort of proportioning the yeah. floor into smaller areas. And, and then we used for the ceiling, we used the corrugated tin. That's we, iron, yeah corrugated iron which is also inside the house in other places kind of a hodgepodge and the it's also just a wood build the mudroom we should say we did not do straw bale Mm -hmm. for the mudroom because the mudroom's an unheated room it's a room that doesn't freeze kind of like a garage it doesn't freeze Mm -hmm. but we don't heat it we have an exterior door that goes into the mudroom and then an exterior door that goes outside so that's next on eric's agenda is learning straw bale building with straw bale coming up yeah and i would like to learn too but we'll see what happens time wise and um how it works but what i wanted to um ask you is what would you recommend to people who just like do not have who are not six foot three so they can't do roofs there themselves or they just don't really have building skills or they don't have a desire really to build their own how would you go about getting the mudroom done and doing it in this slow fashion so that you stay within your means. Um, I mean, most normal people probably normal? probably wouldn't mind <laughs> actually having like a friend or somebody with, oh, with skills that you could, uh, I mean, maybe you pay them or maybe you pay them in uh, food and dinner and drinks or, um, you know, we've, we did do, uh, when we first moved in, we did do a, a day long work party mm-hmm. in which we set aside, was it just one day or we did, I think we did a full weekend, right? 
Um, mm. We did. A, we set aside a weekend to basically ask people to come out and you know contribute their labor, and uh, you know we provided all kinds of drinks and food, and you know you make it you make it kind of fun um, and almost like a a working reunion. Get together a bunch of people that like hanging out and maybe haven't seen each other in a while. Um, and so that is actually how we um, installed the solar panels and, and dug our gray water system was with uh, a work party with some of our um, really awesome friends. Um, and uh, that make, that reminds me, I did one of those friends did come out another day to help with uh, some other projects. So there's actually it's not uh, it's not it's not all solo like you, there, there's days here and there where people pitch in so I, I think that would be my advice is most people probably aren't um, as kind of cranky and stubborn about having to do things my way on my own schedule um, and figuring it out as as I go um, and there's definitely been other projects um, in the past before we moved out here where we would go to people with more construction experience and and we would do you know just that um we would buy them a big a big dinner and they would you know show us show us how to do stuff and uh, stuff and help out for an afternoon right and it could be you could have skilled and unskilled friends so like you have set it up so unskilled friends you just have them come in and just say tell them what to do that's pretty simple skilled friends can show you what to do um also that said you also are going to help your friends when they need it and yeah. which Eric does his friend needs to put a window in or has a job at their house that they need help with sheetrocking or whatever Eric always um, offers to help and be you know the person who holds things for them if they need it or whatever so you could do trade trade with people um, I'm wondering if there's like online communities like local communities on um the internet where people can offer trading skills or something like like, that in our like local facebook groups people are kind of constantly looking for you know some sort of like work trade and i and i always kind of wonder like how well those actually work out but i mean yeah it's definitely out there and then yeah local community boards people mm -hmm. put up flyers offering inexpensive labor so where did you learn to do the basic skills if you don't have construction experience where did you get the information on how to do just the basics like how did you know how to add a mudroom a wood built wood construction mudroom onto a straw bale house with this particular angle roof and I don't know I mean just... I guess there's there's enough kind of like basic from from actually being the person that shows up with minimal skills to help out people, whether it was like in Alaska or growing up or, or here. Um, like I've kind of, uh, grokked enough from just like being an extra set of hands on enough projects. So there's like some basics there. And then also working on like projects. A lot of the, a lot of the projects that we're doing around this house, I did like smaller or more basic versions of them, um, in our travel trailer, in our camper. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been experience there as well. And then we also hired Zach, rest in peace, to help us with like the shed and the outhouse. So you were kind of assisting him. Right. Where he was the person who had the construction know-how. You were assisting him. Mm-hmm. So you paid less because you only had to pay for one laborer and you were the other laborer. So that's another way to do it is just to hire 
um, somebody skilled that you assist and then you're learning at the same time. So it's Yeah, I've never helpful. like hired somebody and then just like walked away and been like, all right, I'll be back in eight hours. Like I always want to, like I'm talking like over the years. Yeah. I always want to see what they're doing to try, try to figure out um, how they're doing it. And that's part in, in part because, you know, if something goes wrong, um, you know, it's like with a plumbing job in particular, like I'm always, I would always nag the plumbers to like explain what they were doing and sometimes electricians too because when like once they're gone like if something goes wrong or if the problem repeats itself it would be great for me to know enough to try to address it myself also sometimes you can hire people who are highly skilled to help you out um if you're willing to let them do it on their downtime at their own pace on their own schedule you offer to um to assist or you offer to find them laborers free you know maybe from your friend group and you offer to buy all the supplies yourself and they just need to come out on their downtime and do the skilled the things that are needed that are skilled like we're thinking about putting on an extension a straw bale extension so eric's gonna probably take some classes or get some more um skills in straw bale construction but we asked um the guy Murray who built this house if he could help us with that and of course we'd be on his schedule we would just be taking his advice we'd be working in between his visits you know just to have him kind of give us that little extra boost of confidence or answer those questions that we just won't know or have the answers to and then the last I think the last thing to say is obviously the internet and YouTube um, newsletters like ours are just, it's you know it's an endless source of, of potential information you really can find almost anything on YouTube uh, Reddit is another great source um, and so like specifically for the mudroom I there were I found a few videos and like kind of followed followed those those were those, those were like kind of my okay this is the checklist that I'm going to be checking against and like if i have any questions i'm going to go back and see how these few videos did it the one the one problem with doing that is there's a, there's a, plenty of videos and resources online that can help you figure out how to do things but there's never the one video that is you know perfectly suited to your specific situation and your specific project every project like always has like some weird quirks to it and so you know like for for example, the the videos that I followed were 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 great, except for neither of them were to be finished with stucco, and we were always definitely going to do stucco on the exterior of this. And as it turns out, um, the videos I were following were for something that would just have siding on it, and so I should have technically used some different materials, but it it still worked out close enough. It looks really good. It looks excellent. The if there are imperfections, I haven't noticed them. Oh, well, don't look too close. And you know I would. Too. <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> okay, so the outro. Should do the outro? Of course. Do, 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 do. Our uncertain future. Bye-bye.